Welcome to Quarantine Creatives. I'm Heath Rosella. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy early New Year. Depends on when you're listening, I guess. May your 2021 be better than all of our 2020, I hope. Can only go uphill from here, right? I hope. I feel like we're at the bottom. Slowly climbing up. If you've been here before, welcome back. I'm glad to have you. If you're new here and this is your first time listening, let me just do some quick housekeeping. I am a TV producer and director. I uh, have worked in the industry for about 15 years and was actually laid off back in March from my longtime staff producing job. And I have been doing this show since May, just talking to creative people all across the entertainment and media industries, just trying to figure out how we move forward and what are things going to look like on the other side of all this. And if I were still employed full time, this would be the week traditionally where things would be quiet. I would have this week off. And I almost took it this year. I was very close to not doing shows this week. But then I had an opportunity come up that I could not pass on because it was just such a perfect fit for this show. And I decided to do two shows this week, in part just to include this interview. Emily Jacobson is my guest today. She is a TikToker that goes by the handle at E underscore Jacks, J-A-C-C-S. And Emily has been getting a lot of media attention lately for a silly little project that she started on TikTok that has turned into a movement, that has turned into a whole crazy giant thing, and it's it's awesome. Emily made a short song this past summer about Remy, the rat from Ratatouille, and posted it to TikTok, and it started to take off. Other people took her song and sampled it and did other things with it. And before long, there was a full-blown musical production happening on TikTok known as Ratatouille the Musical. And TikTok, if you don't know, it's an app that you can download for your phone, and it's all made up of short-form videos. The longest video you can do is 60 seconds. So if you haven't heard it yet, here is the video that Emily made. It is 16 seconds long. It's auto-tuned to sound like a rat. It's funny. Take a listen. All right, so that is Emily's video, and it's sort of what jump-started the whole thing. Basically, what happened is people took this initial seed that Emily had planted on TikTok and began contributing their own pieces and parts to it, and what it turned into was a Ratatouille musical fully on TikTok. People from across the world were writing songs for different characters in Ratatouille, for different dramatic moments in Ratatouille, and then it went beyond just singers and, and composers. People began you know, showing what the stage was going to look like and the costumes and everyone from the theater community really across the world banded together and made this Ratatouille musical on TikTok. But that's not even close to the end of the story. After posting all these different videos on TikTok, it started getting a lot of attention. And ultimately, it is now going to be a live performance concert that is going to stream on January 1st, or I should say starting January 1st at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you go to Ratatousical, R-A-T-A-T-O-U-S-I-C-A-L.com, basically putting Ratatouille and Musical together, you can Google it too, but uh, they are doing a benefit concert to benefit the Actors Fund. It's going to have Wayne Brady in it. It's going to have Titus Burgess, Adam Lambert. Lots of big name stars are actually going to be singing along to all these silly songs that people wrote on TikTok. 
over this past fall. And the reason I wanted to skip vacation and talk to Emily so badly is because I just feel like this whole Ratatouille musical movement is exactly what this quarantine is about and figuring out how to channel that creative energy into something productive, especially in a time where so many of us in the creative fields, whether it's Broadway or TV or film or whatever, are out of work and are not able to perform our craft. So I just, I love this thing that Emily started and that so many people across the world have contributed to now. I was so excited to hear that it's going to be a real stage musical. And again, ratatousical.com. Go there. You can buy your tickets. It's a donation that benefits the Actors Fund. You can pay as little as $5 or as much as you want to contribute. If you have, you know, 50 bucks lying around, 100 bucks, it's like a night out at the theater, right? So contribute what you can. It's going to go to help the Actors Fund, which is a, a group that helps out-of-work actors and, and Broadway people during this time. So it's a huge, great cause. But just this idea of community and coming together and using technology to get there, I feel like it is so 2020. And it's just, it's perfect for this show. I'm so happy Emily talked to me. And I got to tell you too, she has become much bigger than just a TikToker at this point. You know, just before I talked to her, she had been down at Walt Disney World touring the new Ratatouille ride that has yet to open. It was supposed to open this past year, but the coronavirus pandemic obviously changed that. Construction is still happening there, but she got to go tour it and ended up, you know, making social media videos and stuff for Disney and their parks channel uh, through their YouTube, through their Instagram, through their Twitter. Like if you're a Disney parks fan, Emily has been all over your feed over these last, (laughs) this last week or two. And, uh, it's just so so cool to me that like here's this woman just in her apartment thinking up funny songs and posting them to TikTok and they're going viral and starting a whole movement and it just makes me think a lot about where we're headed in the media business. So here it is my interview with Emily Jacobson. So I want to start by just sort of understanding um, your background, I guess, because you aren't really a show business person, right? No, no. I'm um, I'm actually an elementary school teacher. I teach uh, <laughs> English as a second language, so third and fourth grade. Oh, cool. But uh, I early in uh, my career, <laughs> I was kind of on the path of music. But after a horrible audition disaster, I kind of changed the whole life plan. Yeah. So mu- music would always be, you know, super important and a great hobby, but perhaps not a career. So that has been kind of why this has been so fun for me because I'm getting a taste of what I might have missed out on a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> do you miss it? Like, do you? D- does part of you feel like, oh, this would be kind of fun to go back to? Oh, absolutely. I mean, almost probably once a week, I think about kind of the choices I've made and leaving it behind and you know, what if I just stuck it out and didn't kind of quit after that one audition issue? Right. I mean, I've been having so much fun. And I always think like, yeah, what if I had stayed? What what kind of could have become of uh, of life? Although this has been fun. Yeah. Well, it feels <laughs> like you're doing both. Right. It feels like you're getting a taste of it now. Uh, I wonder, like, do your kids, the, the students that you teach, like how aware are they of everything that's going on right now? And what's sort of their reaction been? So it's interesting. My family and friends know everything. They're so supportive, so excited. But everyone at my job is kind of in the dark. They don't know anything. Really? So my, yeah, my students are in third and fourth grade. They're little. So they're under the age bracket for TikTok. And then as far as colleagues, I'm kind of one of the younger teachers on staff. So my colleagues are kind of above the age bracket for TikTok. Yeah. So it's like kind of living in this unique world that 
either they don't know about it or they've seen something and aren't mentioning it. But I really feel like I'm harboring this big secret. It's like half my life now. <laughs> well, it's got to be weird because like, you know, you you. I mean, I saw you did like Inside Edition and stuff and you were just doing a big thing down at, at uh, Epcot with the Disney Parks uh, mm-hmm. team and all that. I mean, like this is getting out there. It's no longer just kind of confined to TikTok. And like, I don't know, have you thought about what that's going to feel like? Like one day when, you know, a colleague passes you and it's like, did I see you on, you know, the news last night? I know. I've been wondering, like, what am I going to say? I have to have like a prepared speech in my mind to either shut it down or go for it. You know, I'm just, I'm kind of a new teacher. So I just don't want to do anything that would, I don't know, reflect badly upon the school or myself. So I'm kind of also living in this a little bit of a fear. But, you know, if anything, I think this has been such a fun thing and inspired so many people that hopefully no one would be upset with me. (laughs) But uh, I'm definitely waiting for the day when someone's going to say something. I'm really surprised it hasn't happened yet. I mean, like you said, the story, my name has kind of been all over different news outlets. It's been on television things like that. And um, so I'm kind of living in this limbo a little bit. Well, and in a way, I feel like it's it's probably what was happening with the the musical itself and sort of, you know, Disney and Pixar and like, you know, what their buy-in would be like, it just sort of scrolling through your TikTok feed. Like, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it looks like you posted your first one back in March, uh, just like a, a video of your cat. Like, you haven't even been doing this that long. This is, and, and I don't get the sense in looking at your TikToks that you were somebody that was trying to go viral or, you know, that that was the goal. It seems like it was just sort of something you were having fun with. Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, was a teacher working from home during kind of when everything started in March. And, you know, I kind of, I think was experiencing a lot of what other people were experiencing where I'm hitting every social media platform and being told, that's it, you're up to date. What else do we do now? So downloaded TikTok really just as a means to get a laugh, get some entertainment and never had any intention of posting any videos. It wasn't until, you know, I kind of really started spending quite a lot of time on TikTok that you get inspired by some of the music, some of the trends. And so I was just posting little videos here and there and sending them off to family and friends and, you know, had no goals, no aspirations attached to them. And that's kind of what's been so funny about this song about Remy from the movie Ratatouille is I just was singing this around my apartment for fun, thought it was funny and catchy just sent it off to family and friends as a joke. Yeah. I mean, I knew I knew it was out there on TikTok, but you know, I didn't have any followers. I, you know, wasn't trying to create a musical. <laughs> and uh it just it kind of blew up and it took 2 months for it to blow up. I'd forgotten about it. I posted in August. I didn't have the notification floodgates open until mid-October. Wow. What was, was that? Crazy. Yeah. What was that feeling like when all of a sudden your phone is just blowing up and you're like, oh, somebody's watching my video and someone else has done something with it. And, you know, just sort of that snowball effect. It was so wild because I was getting all these notifications and I couldn't understand where they were coming from. So I had to do some digging and I had found that a user had posted a video of two characters, I think, from Disneyland Paris, Remy and Emile in the parks, kind of dancing around with my song in the background. <laughs> okay. And yeah, and TikTok star Brittany Broski had duetted the video and danced along with them. And she's, you know, TikTok fame, tons, millions of followers. 
And because my song was attached to a video with her name, I think that's what initially got eyes over to my song and my account as well. Then this caught the attention of Daniel Mertzloff, a composer and arranger who had just kind of finished up his work on the grocery store musical, a, a cool video and trend that he had started. And he created this musical theater version of my song, O to Remy, and called it the act two finale and added instrumental choir voices, just all these really spectacular pieces to make it seem like the song belongs in a musical. Right. And from there, things took off. It started with people duetting his video. Then came the original compositions it went beyond music and then a ratatouille musical movement was born it just it was so random <laughs> i couldn't believe it yeah i mean it it feels like it's one of those weird kind of bright spots in this whole quarantine of just like i don't know just people using their creative energy and figuring out a way to come together and and make something awesome you know i i wonder if there's anything specific like i'm not a big tiktoker myself like you i've i've downloaded it and have sort of browsed it, but I haven't even posted anything yet. But like, I wonder if there's something about that app in particular that that fosters more creativity or a sense of community or, you know, things like that in ways that other social platforms might not. Yeah, I think TikTok is very unique based on the different functionalities it has. I mean, specifically the duet feature where you could kind of have your own video playing side by side with someone else's video doing whatever. Usually people use that to react to things but in terms of these kind of musical tiktoks people have been duetting and adding on different vocal parts or for example in the ratatouille musical adding on as themselves as a different character yeah so then it's suddenly there's this amazing collaboration where it's one video but it's little boxes of like eight to ten people that suddenly have become a choir it also kind of the green screen function of TikTok where you can put yourself with any background you can imagine as long as you can find a picture of it on the Internet. Right. I think allows for just so much more immersion for people's work, not even just songs, just in general, telling a story and having the exact background you're describing kind of show up right behind you just kind of makes this whole new immersive world that I don't think any other social media app has really taken off with yet. Yeah. And it's interesting too. Like my background's in, in uh, TV production. I was a producer and director for a long time. And, you know, like thinking of the types of, like you say, like green screening and stuff, the, the technology that would be needed to really do that in a studio space and, you know, the amount of equipment you'd need, the amount of software, like the fact that you can just do that from your phone now and it doesn't even yeah. matter what the background is. Like, you know, you used to have to have mm -hmm. a really perfectly lit green screen behind you. And now it just, you know, it can pick out who you are and just kind of put you against anything. Like, it's wild to me just sort of seeing all the uh, tools, I guess, that, that people have at their fingertips in this app without needing a whole studio infrastructure. It's pretty wild. Oh, absolutely. And I think it gives kind of the average everyday person a chance to create something really incredible it's all these tools that i mean tiktok is free yeah, <laughs> you have right. a phone you have internet just download it go for it if things don't do well you can take it down no harm no foul it's uh, opened up a whole new world yeah and it's interesting too because i feel like this project this this ratatouille musical has sort of been the first time that it's really the tiktok has really bled over into the mainstream in a big way 
And like, I'm just sort of curious your thoughts on that of like, you know, is this going to be the thing that puts it on the map? And is it, you know, you, you putting this video that was just this song in your head out there could be the thing that really propels this into the mainstream. Like, what are your thoughts about that? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think TikTok is something that, I mean, up until this point, I don't think it's really been taken seriously. It's thought of as kind of a Gen Z app where kids, you know, go on and do funny things to get laughs. But suddenly this whole situation has, I think, proven to the world that TikTok is really this amazing app that fosters this community and collaboration from people all around the world. I mean, I've met so many creators from, for example, Gabby Bolton, Australia, one of the people involved in the Ratatouille musical. I would have never met her, interacted with her for any other reason, especially being all the way across the world. Right. So I think that things like this are really kind of now that it started as all, you know, the regular people, <laughs> the normal uh, average people kind of getting something popular. And then it was only after there was already this following and this excitement that the pros and the celebrities started jumping in. And so I think it's going to kind of change the way we look at social media apps. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking in the musical theater world, we will return to the theater someday. But I don't think that this virtual theater and virtual um, musicals idea is going to go away anytime soon. It's just it's so popular. People have really just been drawn to it. I know now people have been so excited about the Ratatouille musical. They're trying to do up the musical on TikTok. And that's <laughs> really? now been every other video I, that comes across my For You page. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting, sort of like when a thing takes off. And, you know, I, I want to ask you about that, too, because, again, going back through TikToks and like you, I'm also a big Disney Parks fan. So I was I was curious mm. in some of your content. <laughs> but like, you know, you you had done prior to the Ratatouille song, there was a song, an original song for Pizza Rizzo, which is this, you know, <laughs> bizarre pizza restaurant themed to the Muppets in the back of Hollywood Studios that's only open like half the time. But you, yeah. you, you did like a song to that. <laughs> You did a song to this uh, to the Ratatouille hide and squeak uh, scavenger hunt that they do in Epcot, which, again, is mm -hmm. like this, like not even like, you know, B level. Like it's a thing that hardcore Disney fans will know, but most people don't know what it is. But then like <laughs> when you did this Ratatouille song and as I understand it, it was for the attraction more than the movie. Right. Oh, absolutely. I wrote it when I was reading an article about the ride that was coming to Epcot. That was kind of the spark for me. <laughs> yeah. But like, so, so doing all this stuff related to like obscure parks stuff, like, what do you think it was about the Ratatouille song in particular that just something about it made it catch? And I wonder if you've given any thought to like why that was. Yeah. I mean, some, the topics I kind of choose in the Disney realm, I try to choose things that are sometimes forgotten or not appreciated for example like pizza rizzo it's so random <laughs> and you know me and my family are huge disney fans so we you know we love all this kind of random stuff and right. i've really found some you know great entertainment in the disney park side of tiktok and ratatouille i think is just the movie was it didn't get the uh acclaim i think it deserved i know when it came out in 2007 i was in middle school and i really wasn't a fan <laughs> it's not that you know i didn't enjoy it i just think that a lot of it went over my head yeah and it wasn't until adulthood that i rewatched and i realized you know there are all these really interesting themes like feeling like an imposter or you know feeling like you'll never live up to your potential that for an adult those were things that you know i was experiencing too 
And so I think for people my age, you know, early to late 20s, in rediscovering some of these movies, you know, thanks to things like Disney Plus during this pandemic, has just kind of opened our eyes to, you know, ideas that, you know, these things are really good. We should really look back on some of these, you know, great movies or great ideas that in the past we've kind of shrugged off. And so I think for Ratatouille, the song La Festin was kind of a trend already on TikTok. Oh, really? Yeah, people were using the song for their kind of poorly created like recipe videos or doing a spoof of themselves singing the song and doing like really crazy things in the kitchen. So the idea was out there already. And I think just the fact that Remy, this random character that wasn't a thing for like over 10 years is being brought back into consciousness just kind of was, was funny for people. I mean, I thought it was funny. That's the only reason why I put it out there. Yeah. But it's interesting because like, in some ways, I feel like it, I guess there is a renaissance going on. I don't know. I was trying to think. I'm like, has it gone away? But because I've definitely in the last like two or three years felt that resurgence. And maybe it's because the ride is opening. But, you know, like he, Remy's been mm-hmm. like the mascot for food and wine for a couple of years now and stuff. Like he's sort of been back in the consciousness. But, yeah, maybe maybe this was the moment where where everyone was ready to jump back in. And and I love the theme of the movie, you know, th- this idea that anyone can cook. And I feel like the musical is sort of carrying on that idea, too, that just here's creators, as we've talked about, like all over the world with just a cell phone and, you know, some mm-hmm. sort of musical ability or, you know, it's not it's beyond that now. People aren't just singing. They're creating <laughs> yeah. costumes and sets and whatever. Like, I don't know, like just that parallel, I guess. What do you think about that of, of anyone can cook and, and anyone can contribute to the musical? Yeah, I think for musical theater fans. We've been without this great outlet of for creativity and this great entertainment that we've always relied upon and kind of taken for granted. I know, like, every Christmas, that's what I'm getting people, the tickets to go see a show yeah. somewhere. And so this idea of this Ratatouille musical is in that same theme. You know, anyone can cook. Well, you know, anyone can write a musical. Why not? Let's do it. We're without. So let's try So all, you know, these normal everyday people are coming out of the woodwork and creating these really spectacular pieces. And it just was this very interesting project that it offered a chance to be part of something bigger and contribute to this great project, especially early on when, you know, there was no media attention on it. It was just this fun little thing that lived only in TikTok and this very niche community. Yeah, right. And people fell in love. And seeing now what it's become, like seeing, you know, big name stars attached to it and, and bringing in, you know, Broadway talent behind the scenes as well. Like just I don't know. Do you ever just like just pinch yourself or like, you know, where did this come from? What's going on here? I'm living in an eternal dream. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, literally, I wake up in the morning and I check different things on social media like, oh, did this really happen yesterday? Or, you know, did I really see this here? And it's been fun. With some of the original creators, we have um, kind of an Instagram group chat we call the Rat Pack. (laughs) And so we share things like back and forth that we've seen. And it's just so nice to have this little community to kind of get excited about. And, you know, really just I've made these great friends from TikTok. I would have never 
never have met otherwise. And now seeing their work get all this recognition and shine in this musical concert presentation is just, it's so exciting, so inspiring. I'm just so happy for what it's done for these amazing creators. Yeah, for sure. And and I feel like it's just, again, it's sort of the story of this year that like everyone with great talent is just sort of locked up in their houses and trying to figure out ways to connect beyond sort of the typical uh, means that we have. Um, when when people actually tune in to the musical, what should they be expecting? I mean, is it is it going to be a fully staged, like, is there choreography and stuff? Or is this, you know, people from, from remote locations all singing live? Like, what what's the format actually going to look like? So I'm not sure about the completely how it's going to look. I know that it is going to be people in their separate locations. Yep. In a, in a virtual space. So kind of everyone's been working virtually to bring this event to life. And I really, I don't know how a lot of it's going to come together. There's so many moments of character interaction and moments where the backgrounds and the sets are so important that I'm very interested to see what it actually looks like. I mean, as far as the songs, all the songs have pretty much come from the original creators on TikTok, and yeah. they've been l- lengthened and fully fleshed out for a orchestra. Oh, wow. And yeah, and there's some new scenes, new brand new songs with some familiar themes that, you know, people have already grown to know and love from the TikTok journey. <laughs> and it, I think it's going to be something that really has never been done before. And even me there, I know kind of a finite amount of information about it. So I'm just as excited as everyone else to see what it looks like. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the limitations of TikTok is it's 60 seconds, right? Like even the the Mm -hmm. longest possible song is only a minute right now. And as you say, you've got to make them, you know, two or three minutes long to make them feel right for the stage, I would think. Exactly. I I commend the production company and Daniel Mertzlaff so much for all the work they've put in because they've really made every single song a fully fleshed out song that you would expect lengthwise and quality wise for a Broadway show. I've had sneak peeks here and there of a few different songs and they've just completely blown me away. I can't believe how it's all come together in just such little time. Right. I'm curious too, like I I saw on your TikTok um, that you're a Broadway fan as well. Right. And you mentioned Mm -hmm. like going to shows and stuff like if if Ratatouille were the next Disney musical, like they just, they staged it through the corporation, at least for me, I feel like my reaction would be to roll my eyes and be like, oh, really? <laughs> like another Disney music? I don't know. I, I, that's always sort mm-hmm. of my first reaction. And then, then I go see him and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I, I get why they did that. That was a good show, you know? But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I would like, if, how would you feel, I guess, if this had come from the corporate overlords instead of, you know, from this groundswell. And it would just, you know, were another show put on on Broadway next year. You know, I felt very similar. For example, Frozen, I was kind of like, oh, okay, great. You know, yeah. now we got a Frozen musical. But then you see it and it's like, oh my goodness, it's so good. It's right. got new songs and it's fabulous. So, you know, I would love to see something become of Ratatouille. If it were Broadway-wise, of course, Disney would have to be involved. Um, Disney has said at this point, you know, they have no plans for the titles, but they are, you know, very happy to see this benefit come to life for the Actors Fund. But I think what makes this so special is the fact that so much of, well, really all of the music, at least, has come from TikTok and has, you know, 
it's not like someone made these songs and just decided, all right, it's in the show. There, it really has been this community that has liked the songs and promoted them and shared them and commented. That's how you're finding out what's popular and what people like. So I just don't think it would have the same charm if, you know, it didn't use some of these crowdsourced songs that the public has just really fallen in love with. And not even just fallen in love with the songs, but really the creators behind the songs as well. Yeah, I mean, that that's interesting. And I wonder, like, if that's a model going forward. You know, I, I'm always sort of looking for what lessons we can take out of this time. And, you know, what what from this pandemic are we going to carry with us, you know, into this this mm-hmm. next chapter? And like, that's just so interesting, the idea of crowdsourcing something and, you know, trying to figure out, like, how can we all contribute to this? You know, there there is always that moment as a fan, no matter what, it, whether it's a theme park ride or a show or whatever, where there's things that you're surprised by and there's things that you're let down by. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, man, if I had done it, you know, I would do it this way. And it, it's just interesting that, like, you guys all as fans can contribute to this. That's so cool. Yeah, and I think that, you know, there is potential for this kind of a thing to actually happen for all these creators to be involved. We saw in the SpongeBob musical with so many different songwriters and writing credits that it's not like it's never been done before. So we just kind of did it on a kind of a smaller scale that blew up. They kind of started already big. Right. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see kind of where, where the ride takes us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, on rides, I want to ask you about Remy's Ratatouille adventure and, you know, getting to <laughs> tour that and all uh, at Epcot uh, just this past weekend. And like, for me, it, it's a very strange thought to be in your shoes during that, to just like to have been such a fan and to have been going to the parks for all these years. And now all of a sudden, like you're essentially the brand ambassador for that ride <laughs> like on, on Disney's social platforms and stuff. Like, what is that? feel like to you like was there ever a moment where you're just like oh my god this is me it's been so surreal i mean i remember the first call i got from disney just seeing on my phone walt disney world is calling me and since then you know i've met with the folks at disney spoken to them quite a bit on the phone on zoom and this is just the opportunity of a lifetime to go backstage and tour this attraction and engage with them in so many different ways in just a single afternoon um just Disney has been so supportive and wonderful. I'm so grateful for kind of what they've done for me and for the opportunities that this little song has, has opened up for me. And I could have never imagined any of this. I didn't actually know what I was in for when I met with them. They, they really, you know, were trying to, they even said they would like to leave some surprises. So I had no idea that we were actually Going into the ride, I was hoping, crossing my fingers, we'd go behind the construction wall to right. snap a few pictures, but it ended up being so, so much more. So it's, again, like I'm living in a dream, and I am kind of sad to return to post-Ratatouille musical <laughs> life. <laughs> uh, but who knows? I mean, that, that's I'm, I'm curious about that, just sort of thinking about, you know, what the next chapter looks like for you. Just, you know, you've as you said, you've made all these new contacts, you've gotten exposure now, like... Do you imagine that there's some way to leverage this into something else, into sort of the next chapter for you? Or do you know yet? You know, I really don't know. I mean, I'm kind of a new teacher. I I love what I do. I love teaching. I have no plans to kind of quit my day job. Right. But, you know, these are really significant opportunities I've had because of TikTok and my content. So I'm, you know, just really kind of open and excited to different opportunities that this might bring up in the future. And 
yeah, I really have no kind of goals or <laughs> aspirations. I'm just riding the wave wherever it's going to take me and just grateful every minute. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I want to ask you one other thought on sort of work and, and social life, I guess. <laughs> and that's just, you know, like, I feel like, and you're a little younger than me, you know, I'm in my mid thirties. And like, for people my age, there was always sort of this expectation, I think that like, if you worked somewhere, your social presence was in some way a representation or could be perceived as a representation of, of the company you worked for. And I feel like mm -hmm. your generation, like, I feel like there's going to be some conflict around that. Just, you know, as, as kids that grew up with TikTok and Twitter, Instagram, the whole thing, Snapchat, start coming into the workforce and expect to still sort of be able to live their, their social media lives. And like, you know, we talked earlier in this about just you sort of not coming out to your colleagues yet about this TikTok side of you. But like, I wonder just if you if you've thought about that, of how a business should be able to accommodate this or leverage this or use this to their advantage or ignore it and, and not embrace it, but just let you have it. You know, like, I don't mm -hmm. know. Do, do you know what I'm asking there? Does that make sense? Yeah, I really have had a lot of concerns about this, too. I mean, that's why you know, I don't actually use my real name on TikTok, of course. And early on when I was doing interviews, I didn't give my real name. I stuck to my TikTok name, MJax, yeah. kind of as a way to protect myself really, you know, from any repercussions from, from work. And the same with like Instagram, I have make sure it's a private Instagram because I've already seen, you know, former students who, you know, haven't graduated who are requesting to be followers, which, you know, of course, completely inappropriate and cannot have that happen. Right. So, you know, I think it's a lot of personal responsibility too, just to make sure that those worlds aren't colliding. But I mean, in my case, I really hope that it can just be ignored. It's something that for me, none of this excitement has interfered with my job. I've, you know, been at work completing, you know, everything I need to do without any kind of delay or problem. I kind of leave all this fun TikTok ratatouille business for afternoons and evenings. Right. And, you know, I think as long as it doesn't interfere with the position that, you know, it's your, it's your personal life. I would hope that it's something for people my age that your personal life can stay separate. Now, you know, of course there would be conflicts of interest. I know some teachers on TikTok you know, tell personal stories from their classrooms or sometimes even have students and things in videos. And that I think is just crossing the line. Right. That would definitely be, you know, I would expect for an administration to kind of step in and be you know, pretty upset about that, which of course I, you know, would never in a million years do that. But as long as it's kind of, I've never told anyone my school. I mean, you know, it's out there. I have a LinkedIn, I have a Facebook, but nothing has interfered with my work life. So I kind of would hope that kind of the personal life, work life balance, as long as it's respected by the individual should be respected by kind of the job as well. Yeah. I mean, it's not that different than like being in a bowling league or something. It just 
it just happens that this is much more publicly accessible, I guess. But exactly in terms of your time commitment and stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I want to end it just by asking uh, a couple of quick Disney questions. Just like I said, mm-hmm. I'm a Parks fan and I'm curious sort of your thoughts. <laughs> uh, I saw that a lot of your TikToks have to do with modes of transportation. And I'm just curious, <laughs> like bus, monorail, Skyliner, boats, like what's what's your favorite mode of Disney transportation? Skyliner, for sure. I mean, it is just so exciting to be in the, the gondolas, especially nowadays where you're not kind of packed in there with a bunch of other people. Right. Usually it's just you and your party. So for my family, that kind of means like a karaoke session <laughs> in the sky. <laughs> So definitely uh, Skyliner. That's been an amazing addition to the parks. For sure. Uh, we we rode it last year uh, when it had first opened. And yeah, it, it's incredible. Um, how about favorite hotel? Ooh, favorite hotel. I love the Wilderness Lodge. Mm. There's just something about the inside of the lobby and the fireplace. It doesn't remind me at all of Florida or right. Orlando, but it just kind of feels like a nostalgic place of just kind of cozy comfort. <laughs> All right, there we go. Emily Jacobson starting a movement from her cell phone. How crazy is that? I love the idea that her employer has no idea that she's doing this and none of her colleagues do. It'll be really interesting to see what that reaction is when that gets out. You know, I'm obviously thinking about what my next full-time thing is after all this. And it makes me wonder if there's a chance that I can still do a show like this and have a full-time job. I don't know. Logistically, first of all, I mean, that's a question to be answered. And especially for me as a content creator, like, who owns my time? Who has a monopoly on what I put out into the world? If I'm representing a company, if I have a new job, am I expected to fully represent that company in all of my outward communications? Or is there a way that a podcast like this or my newsletter or, you know, whatever I have going can continue in some way? It's it's an interesting topic. And, you know, for Emily as a teacher, I don't think any of the TikTok stuff interferes at all. But if you're a content creator, like if someone's hiring you to make content for their brand, can you still make content for yourself? It's a whole new world. I love it. I love the debate that this brought up. Ratatouille, the musical, streams on January 1st at 7 o'clock Eastern. I believe the link is available for like 72 hours. So if you're hearing this soon after... The, uh, the event has happened. You can still go on and buy tickets, but they are only for a limited time. And uh, if you don't view the show during that time, you miss out. So make sure you check it out. Ratatousicle.com is the uh, URL to go check out. Obviously, just Google Ratatouille the Musical as well. And this is all to benefit the Actors Fund, which is a great group that's helping out-of-work actors right now. So important stuff. If you want to know even more about Emily, including links to some of her videos and other projects, Make sure you join my newsletter. Go to heathrasella.com. Enter your email address. It's free, and it gets delivered to inboxes once a week. So you can keep up on all the shows, You know, especially if you don't have time to listen. I summarize every episode in there, as well as give additional context and content. So check that out. And I do have new episodes of Quarantine Creatives every Monday and Thursday. I will be back to a normal schedule next week. I got to quickly tell you guys about Monday's show, because I am so, so, so excited about this one. I'm talking to Maureen McCormick, who probably most famously played Marsha Brady on The Brady Bunch, but she has a new show that's actually launching with Discovery Plus next Monday, which is going to be Discovery Streaming Service. It's going to have HGTV shows and Food Network shows and a bunch of fun things. Maureen has a show exclusive to that network called Frozen in Time. She's going to be working with Dan Vickery to take houses that are stuck in an old era 
and bring them up to a more modern design while still keeping the character of these historic houses intact, which, you know, for me, I love that. And we have a great talk just about old houses and old furniture and the Brady Bunch house renovation and all sorts of fun stuff. So hit the subscribe link. Make sure you get that in your feed. That'll be Monday's show. I am at Heath Rosella on Twitter and Instagram. Drop me a line. Let me know what you guys are thinking about. And enjoy the new year. I will talk to you in 2021. Stay safe. 